0: About what's happening in the world of the Second Amendment, we're talking firearms, we're talking policy. Heck, why do not? We just uh, go ahead and have a conversation with our good friends over at the Firearms Policy Coalition, Matt Larossier. Did I get it right?
1: That's fine, whatever. I was close. Yeah, that's good enough. Okay, I, I'm not picky.
0: It, it's it, it's it's my fault for not taking French back in school. I took Spanish. I was one of those kids. <laughs> Matt, thank you oh, for you joining the program. Language. <laughs> what was that?
1: You took a useful language, not a dead one like French. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I guess that's the case. Yeah, but uh, Matt, no, thank you, thank you for joining the program, and uh, definitely looking forward to this conversation because the Firearms Policy Coalition—you guys have been uh, fighting the good fight behind the scenes and really helping lead the charge. And right now, we're seeing a lot of wins across uh, different state capitals, specifically in the world of 2A. But before we get there, I thought it'd be great for you to introduce yourself to the audience and let's do an introduction to the firearm uh, policy. Uh, fire, yeah, firearm policy coalition. There we go.
1: Well, yeah, no, awesome. Uh, and again, thank you for having me. It's uh, so cool to be on here, and it's always fun to chat with you. Uh, you know, FPC is all about maximal human liberty, and that's really what the Second Amendment is all about. And it goes beyond the Second Amendment, right? We're talking about our fundamental human rights, our, our rights to control our own autonomy, and our rights to be secure against unlawful force. And so it's hugely important. It's, it's way more important than just, uh, you know, weirdos like me who like to collect guns um this right is it's it's for everyone and it's an acute need for everyone to have and so uh I'm so glad you know we've been so blessed to see more and more people kind of realizing that especially over the past couple years and we're finally making progress to get our rights back because you know I I don't like to pretend and say it's like oh no we're trying to enhance the second amendment no they've taken it away right they've taken too much away and we're trying to get it back we're not right. trying to enhance anything we're trying to get our human rights respected and get them back uh clawed back from the government that wrongfully took them away
0: there you go well and let's talk about that because this is a uh, rearing its ugly head once again despite the winds uh, we have seen uh, some still some infringements, and right now it's happening under a Biden administration. Now, yes, he just did uh, name a brand new ATF director. And along with that, some new legislation and not even legislation. It's more just uh, edicts from on high that he is looking to yeah, ban rule-making. Yeah, ban ghost guns. Uh, let's dig into that. So let's for the audience, uh, maybe for folks who are not familiar with ghost guns, what are ghost guns and why is the Biden administration making it a point to make uh, a point to get rid of them?
1: Well, see, yeah, the term I've never liked the term ghost guns because it, it's the sort of thing that's said by people who insist on being called Spectre. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it's just like a, it, it's quite a stupid moniker. But the thing that they're generally referring to here is a home manufactured firearm, which is something that has been done proudly in this country since before this country existed. Um, and, uh, you know, people are often getting at the 80%. And that's what really this rule is. Is, uh, is, is trying to get at those kits you buy where the gun isn't complete. It's just a bunch of raw materials. And uh, then, you know, with sufficient instructions, you can at home, you know, create an implement with which to exercise your right to an effective self-defense. And these are wonderful items. These are wonderful products. Um, and of course, that's why the government is trying to attack them because they are good. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, what, what they're trying to do here with this rule is not attempt to ban these guns. That's, that's something that uh, that people have mistook. We have to be very clear about what's going on, right? Because the, uh, the worst thing we can do is respond to something that's not happening. We need to respond to it. You know, the fight for the Second Amendment is a fight. It's an ongoing fight. And so we have to properly watch our opponent telegraphing their moves and respond to them. So this rule does not ban you from making your own gun at home. Doesn't ban anything to do with three D printing. What it is trying to do is making a legal nightmare for people who want to help you do that. For people who want to sell you the products, right? The incomplete receivers, the uh, you know the completion jigs, stuff like that. Uh, that's what they're trying to get at with this rule. It does not actually touch home building, but it touches everything around it to the point that they're trying to just raise the cost and complexity of building a gun yourself and i think that's just as horrible as trying to attack it at its core.
0: Absolutely. And and that right there so that i think that you that you set the nice stage there in terms of why this is important. And number one, it goes back to kind of who we are, right? I mean, this has been as american as it comes in terms of being able to have that right to bear arms or the right to arm bears, whatever the hell you want to do, Robin right. Williams. Um, great stand-up bit. But uh, no, what we see right now, though, the conversation has been emotionally uh, taken. And now um, you see the Biden administration saying, well, these are the guns that criminals are looking to use in mass. And I think it was just this past year, um, we had 20,000 uh, air quote suspected ghost guns that were uh, taken off the streets. So yeah. there's a, definitely a push. And let me ask you this, Matt. You were talking how we've seen not so much that we're you know, in, in the offensive. We're, we're more so just trying to get back to an even playing field here. Why do you think right now there's a renewed interest in Ghost Guns?
1: Well, <clears throat> so I, I don't know if there's a rene- – oh, you mean from the government? Yeah. So this has been something that the government has sought to attack for quite some time. And I think because – the, you know I, I don't really want to opine too much on the strategy on the political strategy here uh, but I I will say that they've they will always seek out what's popular and uh, what they were attacking with uh, with this rule is those wildly popular polymer 80 kits right those those kits where you can you know um, assemble a handgun. Uh, it doesn't attack three D printing at all. Uh, it, it's and and so that's why I'm confused as to why people are thinking that this you know bans uh, homemade firearms or whatever. It doesn't. It's trying to make it hard to do it in the most popular ways that it's being done, and uh, and and that kind of fits with how the government always behaves. Right? That uh, it's always chasing the wave, which. Um, it's stupid. It, it, it's stupid. And it's disrespectful of our rights. And people often say that, Oh, these 80% the founders never saw anything like this. You know, what's really funny. Yes, they did. And, um, <laughs> and I'm not saying that's what makes it protected, right? No, it's protected because you have the right to keep and bear arms. And thus when you have the right to keep something and to bear it, I think that necessarily implies that you have the right to acquire it in some way. And, uh, in, you know, just by your name, uh, Nickels Liberty, I'm sure you can understand where I'm going with this. What is the only way to acquire something that doesn't necessitate somebody else's consent and labor? You tell me here.
0: Uh, No, I'm sorry. Ask your question again.
1: What is the only way to acquire something that does not necessitate somebody else's consent and labor? Will it be through the market?
0: No, to make it yourself. Oh, oh, I I was going through like an exchange. Sorry. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Because through the market, you still do have to have consent. You still do have yep. to have somebody else you know, making it. Um, but if you have a right to have something, you must have the right to make it yourself. I mean, I think that follows logically, don't you?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and let's maybe also look at right now why there's maybe a renewed interest in getting away from, and we're seeing this across the board. I'm talking about this in the technology world. We're seeing Getting away from the traditional way of doing things, with you, you have your your big uh, conglomerates, you now your your Amazon's, your Microsoft's, and all their massive data servers, and instead we're seeing this Web three. You're getting back towards this. Idea of self ownership. You know, you have your own your own little servers of sorts, and it's not really a server, but it's you know right. it, to give it the uh, comparison. But like you're seeing this almost with the advent of what we're talking about here, with um the, these new new technologies creating opportunity, creating the ability to maybe refine and focus on doing things differently. Even though you know it's it's not necessarily to your point. This is the argument we hear all the time. Oh well, the founders could never see this. Okay, yes, they could because they wrote it explicitly for the fact that they didn't want to be hyper-specific. And right. it's that hyper-specificity that we're seeing right now in a lot of the language and law that is scary because it's it's picking certain areas. So where do you see this going, Matt? Do you see this being something that the American public are well, gonna, just going to, you, know, sh- you know, shake your angry fish at the sky, evil government? Or is there actually something with right. teeth here that we have to be worried about?
1: Well, so let me uh, and let me explain why the founders knew this was coming. Uh, and uh, when that knew this is coming, we're aware, right, of this like type of here's like, you know, some of the gun, finish the rest of your home. At that time, the most complicated part of a firearm was the lock, right? Like on a flintlock, you know, the the hammer thing on the side that you would cock and then actually have the trigger to pull. At that time, people would import just the locks and they would import barrels of them and then they would make the rest themselves. Like, you know, this 80% home build gun kit thing, it's not brand new. It's as old as, you know, locked firearms are. Um, so th- this is not a new thing. It's something that's deeply ingrained in our, in our history and tradition. And even if it were new, it maintains uh, itself as a simple exercise of your fundamental right. Um, as to what I think is going to happen here, well, as you, as you know, the market is so good at adjusting to these things. Um, not to say that it should have to right now, you know, we're going to be finding every way that we can challenge this, that we can. But if, if you think that the people who came up with these products are going to look at this rule and then just go, Oh, shuck, Oh, I guess we're going to go home. Then I mean, you must really not believe in the American entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I, I still, I don't think it's acceptable. I don't think that's an acceptable answer, but the simple answer is, People are going to keep making guns at home no matter what you say, and uh, and they're going to find more interesting ways to do it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight the government, uh, for trying to make it harder because they are attacking some of the best ways to do it, some of the uh, you know, most effective ways to do it, and that's a huge problem. And people are going to be upset about that because it is also normal people who are buying these guns, uh, these, these kits, right, and making the guns themselves, uh, just like you said. People are noticing all of this insane, arbitrary nonsense, all of this intense, absurd cost centering that goes on with the traditional style. Why should somebody who lives in the Midwest, like you know, somebody who lives in Alaska or something, why should they drive hours to the nearest federal gun dealer if they could make the gun in their home? Why would they do that, right? Especially with gas now, you know, four hundred thousand dollars a gallon why why would they not you know make an 80% well and let's maybe
0: look at the individual who's who's the one likely agreeing with this now you know this approach that the Biden administration is taking with regards to you know the ghost gun area of, of focus and and that would be probably a very you know hyper progressive individual likely living in a blue area, probably an urban area. And, you know, I just got out of Philadelphia. I lived there for damn near seven years and it was seven years too long. And I, you know, I I can see the mentality of why do we need these in our streets? Why do we need these in our cities? And I think there has been this unfair argument that the left has really led with that, more guns equals more violence, more crime, more problems, more shootings, more death. And in reality, the exact opposite is true. Matt, could you speak to where we're, we're maybe having a little bit of a, a struggle in terms of countering that emotional argument from the left?
1: I think, you know, and, and it's not necessarily the left, all right? Let's, let's not pretend that this is a partisan issue. It comes from a place of a lack of understanding. Um, and people buying buzzwords and, and and believing what they're told right whoever gets to them first uh, it's a problem the big problem is that we on the gun right side on the human rights side are not good enough at embracing our own productive and convincing emotional arguments uh, we have emotional arguments on our side that are better than theirs and we're not making them out in, in the open and so that's why we need to push these things i will tell you you know one thing that's been better for human rights for for gun rights than uh what the, a great many of other things the pandemic <laughs> when people saw their states failing to provide basic services suddenly it became much more real what you know what threats you might have to address what you know how fragile Uh, your life is and uh, as a result of that we have an entire generation of people who will not be able to say i can't imagine why you would want a gun in your home i remember hearing that all the time before the pandemic i would hear people say all the time why would you want something like that in your house i have not heard people say that since uh so that is that is one huge thing driving people towards questioning um all of this intense arbitrary nonsense that's involved in um, you know, acquiring and, and making your own firearms. Um, and just a, a whole host of other reasons. These are, and let me say something else. The, the whole homemade gun thing, they want to tell you that these are criminals. Look at how many gun crimes that we found this. You want to know a funny thing about those statistics they push? So they'll say that we discovered, like, let's be, let's be generous. Like, they'll say they discovered 20,000 uh, of these homemade firearms used in a crime you want to know what most of those crimes are? Possession of a homemade gun in a place you're not supposed to have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She can't make it up.
1: It's like, oh, they're they're stopping the gun. crime. Well, the crime is having the gun. If I made banana, you know, having banana illegal, I'd stop a banana crime wherever I found a banana. As long as I used intense violence and, uh, and locked a person in a cage, I could say I stopped all the banana crime. But what you know? What would I have really done?
0: FBI fo- uh, foils plot led by FBI. It's the same. Does that means the same same situation. But um, yeah, well, exactly. There's there's the doom and gloom of, of what's happening right now. But hey, we are seeing again the fight back, and we're seeing the wins. And let's focus on some wins here because yeah. hey, we're talking about sales and marketing. People want to see wins, and and that's what we're gonna address here. The last five minutes or so being one. Georgia is now the twenty fifth state to uh, embrace concealed carry. I know Indiana just uh, followed suit there shortly beforehand. Uh, So talk to us, Matt. Why are we seeing right now, and I I know we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but why all of a sudden the uptick in states left and right getting rid of these restrictions for concealed carry?
1: Because the people are sick of these nonsense, arbitrary infringements on their basic right to be secure in themselves, and it is becoming impossible to be accountable to your people while also saying oh do you want to not be vaporized by a criminal okay well give me two hundred dollars right <laughs> like that's and and that's what's happening it's permitless carry we have concealed carry a- across virtually uh, the whole nation there are some horrifying nightmare zones right that will not under any circumstances let you carry uh but this is a permitless where it's just presumed that you have the right to be secure in your body uh that's half the state's that's really big, and that's really something to be proud of. Uh, it's the people speaking clearly what they want, voting with their feet, voting with, you know, by clear indication. If you just look at the gun stores, right, and they're lining up, it's becoming impossible to ignore that. And, and so it's becoming impossible to uh, stem that back. and And this is very much a good thing. Uh, it's certainly not good enough, and we certainly have to keep fighting, and we certainly have to fight harder. We need to seize the moment, not just sit back and congratulate ourselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's important not only to to not just sit back and put your feet. Up. I, mean, I talk about this in sales. If you're not if you're not you know having foot in the accelerator, if you're not growing, you're dying. You you have right. to be focusing and always taking that next step forward. And you know we're seeing across the board the next step forward seems to right now in terms of Supreme Court world. Now, we haven't really talked about this in the the program, but uh, you have up in New York, it was the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's just hitting the Supreme Court, which this actually means a lot because this is the first time we've seen a a big uh, 2A case hit the Supreme Court with a leaning conservative majority. So what are the implications there? And and do you see anything coming down the pike, especially with uh,
1: our new Supreme Court justice here being uh, confirmed recently? Well, since 2010, for sure. Um, I, I, I don't think that one justice will sway uh, things dramatically one way or the other, especially given the makeup of the court. The thing that's very important in this case is that the Supreme Court now must announce a standard for cases involving infringements of Second Amendment rights. Um, and for those of you who don't know, this case was about, it's about concealed carry. It's about the fact that New York says that Oh, well, if you want to defend yourself, well, you're going to have to show us that you have some acute particular need, right? Something, something very specific to you, why you need to be able to defend yourself. And what this generally translates to is that, oh, well, I'm well-connected and I uh, have a lot of money, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is not fair. Uh, so this is clearly being reexamined. And what is the most important thing to come out of this is going to be the framework announced by the court. And the court has declined to do that on the two previous eight occasions uh, that it had the opportunity. And, and this is going to be huge. This is going to have ripple effects going on for a long time. So that's why I, it's essential that the court put its back into the game and do its job and say clearly that anything that affects the simple, peaceable possession of arms, right, the simple, peaceable carrying of arms, cannot stand constitutional musters. Will they do that? I don't know. But if they're, you know, if they're having writer's block, I hope that they'll read this, uh, you know, listen to this interview and and uh and take that.
0: Point them this way. Yes, send them (laughs) this way, please. Uh all right Matt we are already getting hard pressed for time and at this point I would want to do two things number one give you the uh, the floor here final thoughts and and words of wisdom or action that folks can go ahead and take and then number two obviously you have a lot of fun stuff that you're doing uh, behind the scenes not over uh only at FPC but also uh, in your own world I think you said you had a podcast as well so where can folks <laughs> go ahead and find that but also go ahead and support you and uh keep the conversation going
1: Well right on I mean uh, ATF uh, is again up to a lot of no good. If you want to help, uh, FPC fight, uh, go to stopatf.org. Uh, there's a giveaway going on there. And I think right now it's actually a gun that I built, uh, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> I've, you know, that's, you can support FPC there. I've got a YouTube channel. It's called fun busters. If you're interested in, in knowing about, you know, tackling explainers of law, it's also uh firearms policy coalition has its own YouTube channel. And, um, and yeah, and my podcast is on firearms radio network. So, love to see you guys. And and again, Brian, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely, Matt. And what we'll make sure we do, folks, we'll include all those links in the show notes, so it's a lot easier for you to go ahead and find. Also, we'll include the entire transcription of today's episode uh, in the the Show.com link. All you gotta do, go to your podcast catcher, click the artwork, it'll bring you to today's episode, where, yes, you can find uh, everything from today. Also, you can find all 485 plus episodes of The Brian Nichols Show. Ballpark 500 plus episodes, including all the other bonus episodes that we had here at the program. So, folks, if you Uh enjoyed the episode yes do me a solid go ahead and give it a share when you do like we said go ahead and give yours truly a tag at Brian nichols liberty and make sure you go ahead and tag matt as well and make sure uh, if you enjoyed it tell them and make sure you let them know that brian nichols sent you so with that being said it's brian nichols signing off you're on the brian nichols show for matt Lero-Sier. Did They get it right good to see you brother ha, there we go <laughs> we'll see you next time later thanks for listening to the brian nichols show today.